Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, doesn't have the music go. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, Rev. I hate you. It's all your fault. Come on. Today on the Migs cast, the part of Steve Miggs will be played by Steve Miggs. Because it'd be great, honestly, what if I didn't show up today either? It'd just be me talking just to myself. Just you in here alone. I'd be calling anyone and everyone who's walking by. Hey, Sally and Sales, you want to talk to me? I got stuff to talk about. I wrestled. Yeah, yeah that's right. Actually, we do have a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. Hey, maybe this will work. Hold on. Oh, yeah. There we go. Suck it, Rev. We don't need you anymore. It is the Migs cast. I'm Steve Miggs. And I'm Glenn. I showed up, too. That's right. Nephew Rev. Who I think got three passes to the Avengers, and that's where he's at. I, I'm pretty sure he has a good reason. It's a movie screening, and the Avengers opens this weekend, so I'm assuming it's the yeah, Avengers. Yeah, he probably got premiere passes. He phoned out at 9.50 this morning. Whoa, he yeah. bailed on the BJ and Meg show. He, yeah, he's like, as soon as it hits 9.50, man, unless you really need me, can I just leave? I'm like, dude, we don't. At that point, we're talking to Ryan Castle. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's fine. Go. BJ didn't even notice. It wasn't even like he was like, where'd the Rev go? I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for you, Rev. Just kidding. It was a good thing, though. I was able to vent quite a bit, uh, you know, before we started rolling um, about the tragedy that is The Last Jedi. I know. Without Rev going, oh, no, come I, on. I, I know more than you because I accept that it's completely stupid and you know all this Rev nonsense. I know. I'm not allowed to be in these arguments because I obviously don't like care a lot about Star Wars like you do, guys do. So I just took it as a fun, dumb action film. <laughs> and for that, it was incredible. Well, that's right. You kind of enjoyed it, right? Oh, I loved it. But you, you went and saw it in the seats that like, you know, when someone farts, your seat smells weird. Yes. And sprays water on you. And like if a character's hungry, you yourself become hungry. Yes. What do they call that? 4D? 4DX, baby. Fantastic. Yes. You know, I want to put out a, a, f- a film called The Gynecologist, you know, just so women have to go see this movie in 4D, Poof. you know? <laughs> it's a queef experience. Uh, each, each chair is loaded with a damn speculum, you know what I mean? Like, just this horrific, you know, mess of a show, um, and so I can be hated by women worldwide. The I'll Vampire go. Strikes Back. The Vampire Strikes Back. <laughs> Well, man, we do have a lot to talk about. We do. Uh, we got to spend an entire weekend together, which yes, is kind of cool. Yeah, so we got nice. we got Friday night to talk about, but I think we should start off on Saturday night. Uh, Bruiser Brody played in Everett, historic Everett, Washington, and what had to have been the drunkest Bruiser Brody show of all time. Oh, now, yeah. granted, we've only played a handful of shows, but four out of the five members of the band were wasted. JT's doing a sober April. He picked the wrong month to yeah, do that. It's ironic, his timing on that, but... um. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, don't worry, because I was my whole plan was, don't worry, honey, I'm going to drive us home tonight. <laughs> That's right, you drove the van. Yeah, I was going to drive home, and like I, when I saw Jeff Rouse, he was like, hey, buddy, and he gave me a hug and didn't let go, Uh huh. and I was like holding him up, and I'm like, oh, how are you doing, man? He's like, 
I'm doing. And I'm like, God, me too. Yeah. And I'm like, well, let's get a shot. I'm like, I need to eat. I haven't eaten all damn day. Right. So I went and got a cheeseburger and a Jack Daniels and a glass of water. And this is over at uh, Tony V's that in Everett. Tony yep. V's in Everett. And everything from that point, just people kept buying us drinks. I was drinking yep. Jack Daniels, Jägermeister, and Fireball, which, which- you- I've sworn off a fireball forever. I'm sure our three together, it's a great combination. Yeah, yeah. So by the time I got on stage, I was already a damn mess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, God almighty, I just, you know, I was telling you about this when I first showed up this morning when Travis started singing Everyone's Dead. Mm-hmm. I literally, it was like I was seeing the faces of a lot of my good friends and Gosh. peers and some of, the, some of these guys that are like musical heroes to me. It was almost like I'd blink and be like, like a movie. Like, goddamn, they're in the crowd, and I'd be like, no, they're not. You're hammered, you know. No, you know, but yeah, all this stuff that I obviously had been repressing for a long time, just like I never let myself feel, courtesy of alcohol. So there's me on stage playing. Everyone's like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." oh, dude, I started crying. I couldn't hold it. I was a mess. That made sense because during the show, and I'm also just gone. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not (laughs) in this stratosphere at that moment. And I'm playing, and I'm just hoping I'm getting these songs right. I'm just relying on muscle memory for the most part. And while we're doing, everyone's dead. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're just feeling this song. And throughout the whole show. It was one of those fun drunk shows because everybody in the band at some point was circling around me, like right. coming up on the riser because the drums are on this big riser. So it's a great chance for you guys to do that riser pose. Right. And everyone, like whether it be Jeff, whether it be Travis, whether it be you, JT, the sober one, he knew. He, he just kind of hung around in his own little area. I think he just stayed. Well, he likes to have he, his fan. He yes. stays by his fan. He has his biggest fan, which is an actual big fan. Yeah, it's that's not right. A, it's not a human. It's, it's a fan. It's a fan. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I love that he travels with a giant fan. It's for part his of hair. his rig. It's part of his rig. It's important. Yeah. Without it, he's not the same person. That, that's part of his show. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so he, all you guys are popping up and smiling like, F, yeah, dude, we're doing this. And we're wasted and I'm like yeah man this is a blast having a great time and Glenn and I at any any given song are having a moment like this and everyone's dead we have that moment then fast forward two minutes into the song you circle back over to me and I'm like yeah Glenn what's up and I'm like what is Glenn mad at me he does not look happy did I F up? Because I'm like, now all this. I remember you mouthing the words, are you okay? Yes. I and did. I think I mouthed back, no, man. No. You said no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is it me? No, dude. I was, and then I think uh, you even went, no. And then you walked off and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. What did I miss? And then you circle back around and you had a little bit of a smile, but it was, yeah, we were off to the races. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it was, was uh I didn't realize, so, you know, Jeff kept jumping up on that setter monitor. I heard from all the crowd that the show was incredible. From our point of view, it was probably just a point of concern, but everyone said that the show was just, we were coming completely unglued. Yes. Travis was flopping, stepped on Travis's neck and or head at some point, because he had fallen down and was flopping around on the ground, screaming his nuts off, and I didn't know what was going on, and I stepped backwards and apparently stepped Right on his, either his throat or his head. Just stepped on him. Like, you would oh step on, I don't know what. And um, Linda, JT's fiance, Linda yes. Kemper, snapped a picture of that. And, you know, we have the song Trouble Is. <laughs> and the Trouble Is You. 
the meme, it's me standing on Travis's head this on stage, and it said, the trouble is booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Oh. There's another moment where Jeff is, uh, our bassist Jeff, is on like the riser in the front of everyone, and he's just spitting in the air and letting it land wherever it lands. And after the show, if you'd be like, are you mad at Jeff? And I'm like, why would I be mad at Jeff? I love Jeff. And they're like, well, he kept spitting on your drums. And I'm like, I don't even recall that. I remember seeing the spit go in the air, and they're like, well, has anyone ever spit on your drums like that? I'm like, oh, there's a very good chance people have. But I know he didn't do it maliciously, so I'm fine with it. Whatever. It's dry now. Who cares? But to me, the highlight of the entire show was a, 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 a Facebook post by our buddy Jim Clark. Oh, I, t- I was just going for that. Ah, dude, was. it's the greatest review. Because it sums it up. It really does sum up what that show was like. Because it was basically five guys losing their minds on stage. Like, we were losing our minds. All of us. Yeah. Well, maybe not JT, but JT was having his, his mind blown by his fan. Fan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So JT's fan was losing its mind. But boy, you're right. We were all going through some stuff up on stage. And and again, mind you, we had not practiced for this show, which no. I think is funny. And even there was a moment where we were on, I love Tony Fees. Shout out to Tony. His 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 backstage area is not attached to the club. It's an RV that we go in to hang out outside of the club. I stayed out of there because I was scared if I went in there, I'd get drunk. Oh, I did. Oddly enough, by staying in the bar. I got, there was nowhere to hide. Let me stay away. There was nowhere to hide, Steve. No, and there was, uh, yeah, I I got wasted on the RV, and at one point, Jeff and I are on the RV just talking music, Alice in Chains, whatever it may be, and then he's like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm like, you got, he's like, I think I might just grab the bass and just start playing along to the last live show just to practice. I'm like, if you want, I'll play along with you. I'll grab some sticks, and then we had this plan. And then we decided, well, let's get a shot first. And then we went to the bar and never made it back to the RV. Because then another shot and another shot. There was nowhere to hide, dude. And I made the mistake of asking for a double vodka tonic because sometimes I'm just like, I'm not driving. So mind you, my buddy, uh, our buddy, Tavis, is driving me. So he, he offered, he's like, hey, man, do you want me to give you a ride? And I was like, at the time, I'm like, I'm not really planning on getting drunk at this show or wasted. But I'm coming off of a late night the night before with wrestling, and I didn't get home until about five in the morning that night. So I've got sleep in me, but maybe like six hours. But I don't really want to drive all the way home from Everett, even if I'm stone cold sober, because yeah, sure. I'm going to be tired. So I'm like, yeah, man, I would love to take you up on that. Well, boy, oh boy, my uh, devil inside of me decided, you know what? You're not driving. F it. I yeah, remember a- doing a shot with you at some point and being like, nice. Yeah. Because usually you've got the Jeep and you're packed with all your gear. And I'm being responsible. And I'm like, I'm going to get a shot. And you're like, me too. And I was like, sweet. Oh, yeah. And that kept <laughs> happening. So then finally I'm like, ah. the waitress there, I was like, hey, can I please just get a, a, a double vodka tonic? Because I was thinking, like most bars, you know, it'll, it'll still be a, a strong pour. But And I'm watching her pour this double vodka tonic. And I, I, I swear, we were talking about it before they started the podcast. I'm pretty sure she's still pouring vodka in my drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Jim, after our set or during our set or at some point during our set, post this on Facebook. And it's I almost feel like we need to make this. Like frame it. Our bio. <laughs> yeah. He says, I've never felt so in danger by the band on stage as I did tonight in front of Bruiser Brody. <laughs> in danger. He felt actually in danger. <laughs> <laughs> and he was up in the front. Yeah, him and Eve were right there. Yeah. they were right there in yeah. front of us. No, side. I kept like looking at both of them, smiling like, I'm wasted. I'm pretty sure they helped me up. At one point, I went to toggle one of my pedals off and pretty much fell forward through 
my mic stand and monitor, and they shoved me back onto my feet so I could keep playing. I don't even know what song that was. <laughs> and then he goes, and I loved every minute of it. Effing rock and roll. Horns up, bitches. <laughs> I've never felt more in danger. Because I know Travis was losing his mind. Oh, gosh, yeah. He was crawling around and hanging over the front edge of the stage and screaming as loud as he could. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. But I feel like we got through all the songs. They might not have been perfect, but I feel like they... They came off well. Everybody that I talked to after the said show it was incredible. said that that was their, our best set, <laughs> which scares me. <laughs> well, Travis said it the next day when we were all texting, like, you know, it's one of those everyone texts like, hey, man, you okay? You know, to, to see which member may or may not have woken up, right? Because right. it was that kind of night. <laughs> and it's also like that, are we all good with each other yeah, kind of thing. Did, like, I, did I do something I shouldn't have done? <laughs> like, everybody was nothing but great to each other. We were just fun drunk, but yeah, and, yeah. Or, or sad drunk, but never, like, angry at each other drunk. Well, I'm like, you know, Travis, I think I stepped on your head last <laughs> night. We good? <laughs> like, well, that's why I can't bend my neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that explains the boot print on my cheek. But, um... Yeah, man, it was during all those texts. Travis said, man, I didn't realize how bad we must have all needed that yeah, show. we did. And I don't know what it was about that. I know I had been going through some stuff, uh, you know. Um, I know that's what it was for me, you know, just some, yeah. some nonsense that went on a week or so ago. More social media crap, which uh, I won't even go into. But yeah. someone just went completely sideways on me, out of the blue. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And it was, you know. Unnecessary. Un- just completely ridiculous. And all I tried to do a was. A friend. Yeah, a, a former friend. I tried to be polite and understanding and hey. and But anyway, that had been weighing on me badly. And then apparently, you know, I just hadn't processed a lot of other things yeah. uh, that, had, that had gone on down these past couple of years. And it all. Well, you had a fun line. Not, not fun, but you know what I mean by it. Uh, like you were like, Travis, I know I got you with my song, you know, uh, with uh, Nothing yeah, You Need. Yeah, Karma's a bitch. And, and then all of a sudden he got you with the lyric. Because the lyrics of that song hit him hard the first time we, many times that we performed it. Even yeah. Though, but the first time I remember it, like it touched him. And uh, Oh, yeah, when we first did it in the rehearsal space, Nothing yeah. You Need, Travis was literally, he was not in tears, but. You know, yeah. a tear or two ran, and he was really uh, struggling. And a shaky voice. I have yeah. audio of that somewhere. I'm like, if we ever have a box set, that would be a great thing to have on there. Because yeah, you could man. hear the emotion in oh, his voice dude. when he was singing that song for the first time. He got me the, the lyrics, his lyrics in verse one to Everyone's Dead. It was just like, yeah, it was like he reached into my chest and went, dude, you're going to have to feel this at some point. And all the Jaeger and Jack and Fireball was like, well, now's a good time. There's only 300 people watching. Let's go through it now. <laughs> it's funny because I was recently <laughs> quoting those lines to somebody when I was talking about our band and how we had this song and how heavy and powerful it is and those lines in the yeah. first verse especially. And I was telling somebody about it and they're just like, yeah, I, that's a, that's, I can't wait to hear that song. Oh, dude, that song's amazing. I can't wait yeah. to record that song. Yeah, yeah. And that's happening uh, soon? Two weeks? Two no, weeks? No, three weeks-ish. I, I don't know. It's coming up. It's coming. We'll be okay. The, the 12th and the 13th. Yeah, I gotta, fortunately, I get we, to cancel a dentist appointment because of it. I'm excited about that. There you go. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. You'll miss the gas, but okay. Yeah, we play that weekend, and then we're in the studio yep. that week. Yeah, we play that. What that Saturday night at Jazz Bones? I think it's like whatever the tenth or something. Yep. I don't know. Whatever that Saturday is before that upcoming week, and then uh, yeah, then boom, right in there. So it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, five more Bruiser Brody songs. I know, and then the whole <laughs> length could be made. That's right. But um. Oh, I'm sorry I forget. So, yeah, what I was going through was obviously just ridiculous amount of late nights prepping for this wrestling event. And that was like finally the, the, the weight of the world came off my shoulders and the stress was finally relieved. And it was also, though, 
like a lot of wrestlers talk about, it's very similar to being in the music. The high of highs when you're performing in front of everybody. And then the, the low of lows when you realize it's over. Yep. And that's kind of what I was going through. And I was trying to get that high of high again with our show, but getting drunk in the process. And then on top of it, and I I don't know what it was about that night. And I've had to, I almost feel like there's like a sign on my head, like have awkward conversations with Steve. <laughs> oh no. I had so many weird conversations <laughs> with legitimately probably really good people, but they would put their foot in their mouth. And it got under my skin. Oh, and really? I was oh. trying my best. Like a lot of, hey, oh, you're on the radio. Cool. You know, I don't listen to your show anymore, and here's why. <laughs> and then they would then tell me things that we just talked about last week. So I'm like, wait a well, second. You were listening last week. Why did you need to tell me that? Is it just? And in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe it's just an awkward tick of somebody. You don't know. You know, some people are bad at small talk. I know I am too. But man, oh, man. I heard that multiple times. I don't listen to your show anymore, but blah, 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 blah. And then they start quoting crap that I said last week. Or before we I about. say something nice, let me bring you down a peg. Right, let me right. Let me bring you down a peg before I compliment you. One guy, super nice guy. But and then I got to the point where I finally just started walking away from people. And I apologize if anyone out there that's listening to this podcast. <laughs> and I just looked at you, gave you kind of a scowl, and walked off. <laughs> I just hit my breaking oh, point. Steve. No, I, I get truly it. hit my breaking I get point. It, man. And I even have to apologize to Justin from Justin and Hannah. He tried talking about work by the end of the night, and he had a couple of drinks. And I, I was like, man, I. And Vicky was there too, and I think she was feeling it as well. We we're both like drained from talking about work with awkward conversations from people telling us how they don't listen, but then they tell us why they listen. Yeah, I, I don't listen, but let, man, I got to tell you, this right. morning was... <laughs> right. So I was like, Justin, I can't talk about work anymore. You got to stop it, bro. If it was anyone else, I would walk away from you right now. And oh, he probably laughed. He apologized. I'm like, I'm not mad at you, but I just can't anymore. This is at the end of the night. I just want to have a conversation that has nothing to do with work. I don't want to have to hear anybody. I know you won't do this, but I don't want to hear any more like backhanded compliments. Like one guy goes, man, big fan, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, you know, for better or for worse, people know who you are in this town. I'm like, well, for worse? Thanks. <laughs> well, actually, like that comment there, for better or for worse, I wonder if he meant like, poor you, you can't go anywhere without getting recognized. See, I took it more like, you know, people might like you, people might hate you. Um, but maybe there, there I could be that. Maybe, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Bro, it was just one after another after know. another. And and I would sneak off to the, the RV, but then I would get more drunk in there. And then it got weird in there. Somebody was talking. It was annoying the living F out of me in there to the point where I was like, I'm just walking. I'm leaving. They're like, are you leaving because I'm annoying you? And I looked at them and go, yes, I'm absolutely really, that leaving went down. because you're annoying me. <laughs> I couldn't handle it, bro. Wow, I was man. losing my mind. I was See, like, my night was so much more wee. No, mine was constantly having people give me crap about my job, and I can't give people crap back because then I'm the dick. But then I'm walking away, and now I'm the dick. I could. I. I was just. I was trying so hard That's to be nice terrible. to everyone. I didn't know that went. Oh on, my man. gosh, it was nonstop. It was at least seven of those. <laughs> conversations so i kept every time that would happen i'd be like i gotta oh, go here dude. and i take a shot or a drink yeah. or something there's glenn i bet he's drinking yeah glenn's <laughs> gonna be nice to me let's go yeah. then, that is a drag too man and, and then it continues i go to wrestling practice last night some guy first time shows up he goes hey man blah, blah, i watch you on, on the stream all the time for three to one battle on twitch and he's like i saw that match that was incredible and I, i'm here because of that i'm like 
Awesome. That's cool. And then he goes, you know, because, you know, I, I, I thought to myself, if Migs could do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> do I... Am I just, is this just going to be the course of my life? <laughs> Awkward conversations oh, where I'm being Dude. complimented and insulted at the same time Dude. all the time? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that guy, was he, do you think he was trying to be funny? I think he meant no harm. Right. I truly think he, in a roundabout way, it is a compliment in the sense that, you know, you, 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 and anything with radio, I like knowing that if you do a good enough job, people think they can do it too. But look. This guy, then he kept going. And finally, I looked at him and I go, buddy, man, this is your first class. I've been doing this for nearly a year. Because he's like, oh, I, I probably could get into a match pretty soon, too. I'm like, it's not that easy. Yeah. And then I watched him in class. And he was not picking this stuff up. And I tried. Every, I, I didn't say anything. But I almost wanted to be like, I thought every, anyone could do this, man. Yeah. Because I'm like. Yeah, I thought this was easy. Right. And this was all beginner level stuff. And it was not. It was hard for me the first time I did it. It was hard for me for many months when I first did it. And now it's easy for me, the stuff that we were doing. Because I've you've been worked doing on it for a year. Right. A I've been year. Going three times a week, yeah. sometimes four that's, times a week. That's 12 months like, of yeah, training. About nine for me, but close to a year. So I mean, what? That's oh, nine months of no, training. That's how I long it takes like, to make a human being, dude. Right. <laughs> that's you why know? I'm like, respect, a hole. I, I just don't want to talk to strangers anymore, man. <laughs> I just don't want to talk. I suck at small talk or small rhymes of talk, apparently. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> it reminds me of those photos. Do you remember in kind of the mid nineties around 94, 95, I think Rolling Stone had grabbed a picture, but Eddie Vedder got to a point where he would just put on goddamn Halloween masks yes. just so he could walk down the street and not get hassled. Right. You know? And, and it's, and I remember being like, Oh God, that's gotta be rough. Like he, all he wants to do is get from his truck to his rehearsal space. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I've become such a big celebrity now, which is amazing to connect with all these fans and these wonderful people. Right. But I just want to walk from my truck. So he put on a goddamn mask. Dude, that was Macaulay Culkin at Dude, WrestleMania. I remember seeing that and being like, oh, that poor guy. God damn, you know. Like, I, Macaulay Culkin put on a giant hoodie with a mask on it that zips up all the way to the top with mesh eyes. Just so he could be left alone. So whenever he wanted to leave his seat at WrestleMania to go to concessions, he had to put this zip up on so that nobody would stop him. Because the first time he didn't do it, and I watched, everybody stopped him. And everyone's like, do the home alone phase. Oh, oh my God. And, the uh, fact that he has an open a blood vessel at this point with yeah. people home alone in him, man. Oh, he was just on Ellen yesterday, and she asked him how often and, uh, does he do it, and he goes, no. And if someone asks me, I just say, no, I won't. So and I was like, he, I don't blame him. That guy, it's, people tend to forget, especially with, you know, like yeah, people tend to forget that these are people, too. Yes. You know, and trust me, if they're like, dude, let's get a picture, sure, you can take a selfie with me. That's actually really nice, but, mm -hmm. you know, here's a guy, like, with Colkey Culkin, right? Yeah. I've always called him Colkey. I don't Kulky know why. Colkey Culkin. But he's a grown-ass man now. He's like 39. And people are still walking, oh, dude, the face. That is messed up. Right. That is messed up. Like, if I walked Thank in, you. I'd be like, hey, man, and that would be it. And right. I, I've met a lot of people that I'm a huge fan of, and I never asked for pictures, and I've never asked for, the only autograph I have is Jim Marshall's. I do have Jim Marshall's autograph. Right. Because it was Jim Marshall. Right. And he was very polite. He actually, would you like me to sign that shirt, son? And I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, please. You know, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. But I, 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 these are just people. So, yeah. like, you know, when you walk up to Colkey, be like, hey, man, what's up? And leave it at that. And right. watch his face light up like, oh. <gasps> A real person. Well, dude, when like, I, hey, man, how are you? I, you know, when like, I was doing uh, the Radio Row interviews, he was there, too, for his podcast. And so he walked by so many times. Finally, I'm like, hey, man, 
I'm Steve. He goes, hey, man, I'm Mac. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm like, wow, all right, Mac. We're, yeah. That's not even Macaulay. You're just Mac. Mac. Awesome. I was like, hey, can I get a picture? He's like, absolutely. No problem. I'm like, having a good time. He's like, yeah, dude, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah, dude, as a wrestling fan, how, like, we're talking about being wrestling fans and how cool it is to see all these wrestling yeah. stars because he was doing interviews and he's a wrestling fan. <clears throat> and then I post the picture and there's a few be like, did you ask him to do the, the, the Kevin? No. Face? I'm like, no. no. Why would I do that to him? I had a fun moment. I felt awkward enough asking for the picture, but he was super cool about it. And I wouldn't have asked for the picture if he wasn't super cool at first. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, no, I'm not going to be like, hey, man, do the Kevin face as we take pictures. <sighs> yeah, that's hella wrong. Yeah. If anything, you want to have some fun, like, dude, by the way, I uh, set some booby traps around so there's no way Pesci's getting in the building. <laughs> you know, and he'd probably laugh under his breath and be like, dude, thanks. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. If anything. Right, but don't yeah. make him try. Like, hey, make the dance face for me. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, good friend of mine, uh, Greg Stangle, um, he and I have always had this running joke about the fat kid from. Uh, Goonies. Oh, the truffle shuffle. Yeah, sitting in a bar somewhere, and someone's like, hey, do the truffle shuffle. Junk. And he just pulls out a gun and blows oh, his no. brains out right there on the spot, man. <laughs> and the note says, F you truffle yeah, shuffle. Yeah, no, it's just not, hey, 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 I think I can say fat ass. Can I say fat ass? Yes, yeah, of course. So that's what it is. Hey, fat ass, do the truffle shuffle. And he just slowly pulls out a forty-five, oh, puts it in his mouth gosh. without breaking eye contact, and just pulls the trigger and blows his brains out. That would be right the there most on the spot. incredible short film. I think so. You know what I mean? That guy would probably be like, I am down. I will do it for free because yeah. people need to learn. Yeah. You know? Gosh. Uh, yeah. It's a weird thing. Like, we were talking about it this morning, and BJ and I kind of don't see eye to eye on this because he's still like, we'll bring up this example of uh, Jimmy J.J. Walker, remember from uh, Good Times. His catchphrase was dynamite. Yeah. Well, he will refuse to do it in radio interviews. Everywhere he goes. I'm sure he's tired of it. And that's my opinion on it. Like, when I've had him on in the past, back when on my old show, we used to have him on. He's not really that great of a comic, but, like, you'd had him on at the time because he was still a pop culture icon. Sure. For the demographic that we were appealing to. And he was, he was fine. He was an interesting guy to talk to. I never once wanted to put him on the spot and be like, say dynamite. Just say it. Say, and, and apparently radio stations across the country, would, that was the big running joke, is everyone would always try and get him to say dynamite. Oh. They would try and find random ways to have him say dine and then oh and then my and, <laughs> and then bj always brings up how, how much he hates the fact that he's like dude that's how you made all your money and i'm like yeah but how would you like it and i brought up an example bj one time did stand-up comedy and, and everyone laughed because his zipper was unzipped and i was like what if that's your to this day hey bj drop your fly right drop your fly man unzip Come on. Your pants, let me dude. get a picture next to let me get a picture of your zipper down dude. zipper man yeah 35 years later yeah. five times a day every day for the rest of your life yeah like Alfonso he, Ribeiro. He, he won't feel you on that? No, he's just like, well, if it made you a good living, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get making a good living from something that, uh, an iconic well, moment. Well, Good Times ran for how many seasons? Yeah, I don't like even know. Like four or five seasons. I don't seasons even know how good of a living he made. Around 1979 or yeah. maybe 1980. Mm -hmm. So that is two years of that guy's life. And, and it's not like he wrote a song. Like, damn, I wrote a hit song. I'm going to mm -hmm. be playing this for the rest of my life. He had a line in a sitcom that ran like five seasons. Yep. And now for the rest, rest of, of his life. life. Yep. He's a grown ass yeah, man. I would like just hey man, what's up, dude? Like, you know, that just leave him alone. It's like Carlton from uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That dance. He he won't do it he won't anymore. Do that, and I don't blame him. Blame People coming him up and like, hey Carlton, do the dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> he probably just wants to start swinging. He also will take out a gun. <laughs> just blow his brains that out. That would be the, the ongoing thing. He theme. starts dancing and then boom, his body just falls limp. And it just starts a, a domino effect of all these one hit wonder actors with their one iconic moment. Urkel, did I do that? 
<laughs> Dude, somewhere, I think it was on uh, Facebook the other day, it was one of those what do they look like now things. And you should see Urkel now. How's um, he looking? Dude, he's like, he he's like six foot nine. He's like a linebacker. Oh, and I'm like, dude, because I always want to do that parody of Pearl Jam spin the black circle, which is kill, kill, kill Steve Urkel, kill, oh, kill, Jesus. hunt and kill, hunt and kill. See Steve Urkel, see my hand, slap, slap, slapping him down. I hit him so hard he won't understand. I had this whole Pearl Jam parody song, instead of spin the black circle, it was hunt and kill Steve Urkel. That is awesome. You know, I thought so too. But I don't know now. Now that I've seen photos of this guy, I- I'm scared to be like, that isn't funny. I'm like, dude, please don't hurt me. Yeah. Like, Urkel would tune you up, bro. Get over here, brother. I'm going to snap <laughs> you in half. Yeah, dude. The guy's like 11 feet tall. You know, his neck's as big around as my torso. Yeah, and he's, he's still smiling. And somewhere deep, deep inside that that monstrous human being, you can see that Urkel smile. Yeah, just say to it, did I do that? And I'll you show know? you what I'll do to you. <laughs> yeah, did I I'll do punch that? you in the face and go, did I do that? Oh, here's crunching sounds. It's like a dog chewing Herb. on a chicken bone. <laughs> a Merkel. Awesome. So that said, I'll try and get that Steve Urkel parody uh, banged out. Yeah. Then if you guys find me all twisted and broken in an alley, you'll know how it happened. We'll have to get him on the podcast and play it for him. <laughs> Death by Urkel. <laughs> I'm trying to think, was anything else that happened at the show? I think that was, uh, I got to give a shout out to all the other bands. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, 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 Dead Rebel Dead Saints w- were killer. Had I, you seen them before? No. They played Red Fest last year. I didn't have a chance to see them for some reason during that performance. I'm not even sure why. But I didn't. But man, oh man, the lead singer of Dead Rebel Saints. Yeah, Kevin Hoffman. Okay, while they're performing, I'm like feeling it. Sounds good. He sounds good. He's got a cool voice. And then he hits these high notes. Yep. And I'm just like, I might have had an awkward conversation with him while we're sitting next, standing next to each other in the urinal. Again, I was wasted. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, when you hit those high notes. Peeing next to each other, and I'm telling him how much. At least I love you're not dropping man. a deuce, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, that would have been awkward if I'm in the urinal dropping a deuce. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Steve, your back's all wet. You'll be all right. It's fine. <laughs> I've had enough weird small talk. Let me tell you what I have to say. But dude, his that band was phenomenal, yeah. and his pipes are incredible. Yeah. Then Superfect, it just sounded amazing. They, they killed it. They that might have been my favorite of all the, uh, all the times I've and seen. God bless Kyle Court up there rocking a window pane hoodie. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. He probably doesn't think I remember that, which I don't blame him for that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it made me smile deep down inside. That was ah, dope. He's I, rocking a window pane hoodie. I thought that was cool, too. Yeah. And uh, then uh, why Only in the Wreckage. Killer, we don't as always. Talk about them. Killer, nah, I'm, killer I'm kidding. They, were, they sounded phenomenal. Yep. I really yeah, enjoyed crushed. their set, too. I thought everybody sounded great. It was a fun show. Yeah, it was a great bill. Yeah. A great bill, man. I want, I want to apologize to Guido and Adam, uh, our two two of the Titanic douches that I uh, promised to put on the guest list, but they got there before I got to put them on the guest list. <laughs> I felt awful. See, this is. I hope they now, if they're listening, they understand all the stuff I've been talking about was leading up to me just trying to get to the door yeah. to put the guest list. So yeah, every it's time, impossible. Every time I would try and get to the door, people would stop me. And when I would get stopped, I would get awkward. I would feel in a weird panic mode, and I would disappear to the RV or to the backstage just to get away. Or to the bar. Right. So then I kept trying. Okay, let me go there. And I get distracted. Let me go there. And it's like it's like right around 8 o'clock, and I'm like, I got to get everyone's names that I have. I had like four people I needed to put on the guest list. I got to do this. I'm finally getting there, and I'm like, I'm almost there. It's like, then I see Steve. And Adam, already in the club. Hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, 
And I'm like, I'm going to put your name on the guest list now. And they're like, it's too late. We already paid. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so sorry. I felt Yo. like the biggest ass. Oh, dude, if it makes you feel any better, and I don't know at what point of the evening it was, but the same thing, but it was my wife. Oh, no. And I'm like, dude, oh, God, oh, dude. And I broke away, and I ran to the door, and God bless Mr. J.T. Phillips right there at the top of the room. Oh, my God. He had had my wife. I think she was the very first name. J.T. did it. And I was like, and I think I even thanked him later. I was like, dude, thank you. He's like, no worries. He's like, yeah, I've been watching you. You haven't been able to kind of break away all night. You've been hanging hanging with one person or another. Damn you, JT. What about me, man? Enjoying myself. You know, I had a lot of great conversations. Yeah. Um, The ones I had later in the night, I don't remember. The ones I had earlier in the night, I remember. And that's, you know, honestly, the good outweighed the bad. It's not like everybody was being like, and and like even the people that were these awkward conversations, they were all good people. It was just like, it was a, it was a perfect storm of Weird backhanded compliments. No, there, there's a guy um, that I've known for many years, and I, obviously I won't say his name, but he... Wyatt. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, he has a tendency, and it's funny, I've talked to other people, and I'm like, man, I've decided that I think the guy's just socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but either via Facebook comments or in person in conversation, he will say stuff that really makes me want to just choke him. Was he there? No, no, okay. he wasn't. All right. But he'll, he'll, we'll be talking and everything's cool and we're catching up and everything's cool and then he'll make one comment and I'm like, what in the hell? Mm-hmm. And then he'll say three more things and I'm like, what in the hell? What is wrong with you? Like it actually, like I'll get, I'll, I'll feel myself getting angry to the yeah. point where I want to like blow up on him and then I'll see his comments on Facebook. And I'm like, why would you even put that a-hole? Why would you put that? And then I finally realized like, oh dude, this guy actually loves you. He's just socially awkward. He yeah. doesn't understand that what he's saying is the stupidest, worst possible thing he could say. So you got to let that roll off your back because yep. he's a good guy. Yep. He's a good guy. And, and so, yeah, I, I won't give away the name. He's not anyone I'm close to. He's someone I see once every six weeks. I have a college buddy that's kind of like that. Yeah. He, every time he comments on something on my Facebook posts, I'm just like, I get so mad, but it's I like, realize... He's not meaning it as a bad thing. He, he doesn't just, realize that he just stuffed his foot in his own mouth. Right. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point where now I've, I, when, you know how like on, at least on my cell phone, I don't know how, I'm sure you could do it also on the desktop, but you can create people that are exempt from seeing the post. Oh yeah. I don't know if you see, like have that or if you use that. I, I, no, I, use I never, that a lot. I never use it. I've gotten to a point where I just, well, and sometimes I'll break my own rules, but um, there's just certain stuff I just won't post about say my car. Yeah. Because someone will come along and be like, well, you need to do this. And it's like, man. I'm not asking for that. I'm not I'm asking for that. I know it. that. I'm completely aware of that. And I've already done this, 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 and this. Right. So thank you for yeah. your stupid and pointless comment that you only put up to prove that you think you know something and you don't. Yeah. So like. I, I, I cringe posting I, things on I Facebook for that reason. I self-censor a lot, dude. Like the other day when I was uh, I was running my chainsaw, Easter Sunday all day. Mm-hmm. But I was cutting. um. The Easter bunny? Shrubs, yeah, the bunny first. I was cutting up shrubs and vines. Shrubs and vines. So it's like little stuff the size of your thumb, but it's dense. Yeah. And you got to go in there sideways. And so sure enough, you're going to throw a chain. That's how that works. You can't, it's not like you're cutting through a big log, dude. You're cutting this crappy viney stuff. It binds up. You'll throw the chain. Okay. So I put up a picture and, you know, there's a chain. It just said, and things were going so well. And everyone, you know, LOL. Oh, dude, you could be bleeding. Lots of fun. And of course, just always check your chain tension. Oh, Always. Thank you. And I'm like, thanks, retard. <laughs> you know, if I run it too tight, you know, it's just one of those. Uh, 
I no. appreciate that you think you're sharing that you know something, and I love you, but... And Some I know people just want to share just so it's like their opportunity because they're, they're knowledgeable about something. Yeah. So here's my chance to show that I'm smart. Well, and then, of course, you, my knee jerk was, dude, I'm cutting through vines and hedges and I have to run the, the saw sideways. I'm yep. laying on my belly, running the saw sideways and with little, little viney stuff like that and shrubs and bushes and stuff. I mean, you're good for a while, no matter how you set your chain tension, but eventually it's bound to bind up and probably it's going to get thrown two or three more times a day. Absolutely. That's the nature of what I'm working on. I know what I'm doing. Thanks. But I don't have 15 minutes to waste explaining myself. No, it was just a funny picture <laughs> yeah, and a moment. Dude, dude yeah, I, yeah. I sometimes cringe. Even like right now, I post you know stuff from the wrestling that I did on Friday, which we'll talk about in a second. But it's like, oh, now I got to just, uh, you know, I got to always be sure to do the following, Steve. That, the, the <laughs> know-it-all wrestlers, which luckily I haven't experienced. Luckily, I'm only surrounding myself with, it appears to be, I'm fortunate, really cool people that nice are wrestlers. people, yeah. Right, that are supportive, crazy. Uh, but then you also get the people that I'm like, I'm waiting for, you know it's fake, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, like, obviously, like, we know what we're doing. This is a team effort. My opponents are looking out for my safety just as much as they're trying to hurt me, quote unquote. But like, dude, it's a performance. Do you do you tell somebody you know it's fake when they're they're sharing pictures of them in a play? Well, and really, you know what I mean, actually, beautifully put. Yeah. The other thing I'd say is, you know, do you go to Cirque du Soleil, right, and watch those tumblers and be like, ah, oh, it's so fake, right? They're not actually falling, <laughs> right? And that's the thing. It's such a funny you know, term to use like... with wrestlers. It's like, yes. The the outcome is fake. It's determined. You guys are hurling each other through the air, flipping but, each some of the stuff I saw at yeah, Showbox Market. I want to get your perspective because so, you're not even a wrestling fan, I, and you came to Battle Mania, which made my night. Oh, dude. I, you were wrestling. Tony and I both were so excited for the whole thing. So we got there early. We didn't know anything about how it was structured, how long it was going to last. Right. We did not know any of me. I don't. This isn't my thing. Yeah. A, at all. Uh-huh. You know? Um, it's like taking the church lady to a Slayer concert. She she does not. Should I bring my knitting stuff? Well, maybe yes. you might be able to sit down. I don't know. Go ahead and bring the stuff. It's a perfect right? time to knit during South of Heaven. So that's that's me going to this this wrestling event. Yeah. And so by you know, but you're in it, and I want to. I gotta be there, bro. No, I meant everything. Uh, the people that I cared about that live in Washington were all there. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, you had you had a horde of. Fans. I did. I had my family, my wife's family, cousin. In-laws, my wife, of course. I had Ted, um, Matt, the overnight guy, Tyler, his lady. B. Thorpe was there. Yep. His Brian Thorpe was there with his lady. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a uh, dude. A Vicky lot of was there. Vicky, yes, yeah, man. So uh, you know, Ziggy. Uh, was Ziggy there? I Ziggy didn't even see there. Ziggy. Will Andrews and yep. and Tara were ringside. I bro. saw Will ringside, ringside which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, Richie from Thunderbeast. Oh yeah, I hung out with Richie quite a bit that night. Yeah, actually. he worked his way towards the front. Like one of the few people I saw while I was wrestling was just Richie because he's uh, he's a tall. Richie could be a wrestler, right? Like, <laughs> I legit could have tagged him in, and people would have believed it. Like he would have yeah. been the biggest looking dude. He's and, a big yoked Viking looking to, guy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I should have had him as my like my muscle. <laughs> like he would have been my Diesel, and I'm sure Michaels, my yeah, not yeah. being attractive, me, not him. Um, but it was awesome seeing so many people I care about there. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. So and JT made it. Yeah, JT was there. That's yeah. right. Um. Yeah, obviously. I mean, there was, and there was just a bunch of I think that are the three, the regular three two one battle people. Of course, that know you, love you, know you as the commissioner. Right now, you're in your first actual match, and dude, the support you could feel it. It was overwhelming. But. Yeah. 
So Tawny and I get in. We ran right into Ted, Matt, um, yep. hey, and blah, blah, blah. So we get upstairs, and it was the warm-up match. Yes. The warm-up match kind of looked the way it would look if, you know, some kids were playing wrestling in their front yard. I'm sorry. But Tawny and I walked in and saw that. Sure. And Oh, man. A battle royal is a tough thing for anyone to watch that's not a wrestling fan. Right. Because you can't really distinguish what's going on. It's a giant cluster F. Uh, it's an opportunity to get a lot of people who are a part of the show on a frequent basis to be in a match in front of people. But there's no, there's not enough room to have everybody have a match. Because, man, you know, my thing, it wasn't even WWE. It was WWF. Yeah. Way back, I remembered, like, Superfly Snooker and Hulk, the Hulkster and... You know, and I was into it for like six months, and then I was into something else. Sure. I, I just I wasn't one of the kids that, that got into it. So, but I remember watching those guys, and and so I, I had no idea what I was in for. Uh-huh. That's the best way I can think of. And seeing the opening battle royale is kind of like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. Right. But Tawny and I are both like, all right, let's you know. Oh well, hey, there's so and so, there's so and so. We found a great place at that upper bar where you can see the whole floor. It's a great spot. Then they had the first actual match, and of course, six pack challenge. Got to see you briefly, yes. So, and that was cool. So I know. I got to see almost everybody in one fell swoop before I needed to start focusing on getting on getting your thing together, right, man? So then, this first, I'm just going to call it an actual match happened. Yep. These guys came out, and dude. So, um, for everyone that's not familiar with the Showbox Market, it's a big hardwood floor. They had a ring built on the hardwood floor that's probably at least three, four feet high. Mm-hmm. These guys were getting on the upper turnbuckle, you yep. know, the third rope, the highest rope. You're talking probably like nine feet high. Yeah, and they're point. jumping another five, six feet in the air and doing three and four somersaults mm-hmm. and then tackling an opponent that is not in the ring, but out on the floor right next to a steel barricade. <laughs> yes. And so it went from, ooh, I wonder what this is going to be like to, Holy F and S. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. Like, Tony and I were like, oh my God. Because these guys were doing like half gainers and somersaults and flips. And they had to be 10, 12 feet in the air over yes. a hardwood floor. Like, practically hitting the light fixture. Dude. And from where we were, we couldn't see anything that was happening down by the barricade. So you just see this guy flip through the air and vanish. I'm like, okay, is he dead? <laughs> He's dead. Did that guy just snap his neck? I mean, what the hell? So at that point, Really, everything got turned on its ear, and yep. Tony and I were like, this is going to be a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's go and, time. And honestly, that, that uh, the matches that followed were all great, like the, the mm-hmm. level of performance, the athleticism involved, yep. um, and really like just a lot of the crazy aerial stuff and then the, where you grab and assist with flips and tumbles. And, I mean, it was a, a hell of a thing to watch. Yep. But that first match... Oh. Of the night. That was incredible. Those guys, it was mind-blowing. Like, I can't even believe that no one is being taken out of here on a stretcher, the stuff these guys were doing. And they do that so often. Dude, I mean, it was killed. Every week, these guys are doing that, those kind of things. I mean, and whether it be at 3 2 one Battle or any show, and a lot of those guys are from uh, the Vancouver area, so yeah. you saw a few of those guys that were there. I mean, Alex Zane's from Kentucky, the guy that won it, and that dude's nuts. Dude, it was it was, yeah. it was was killer to watch. So. Yeah. The whole rest of the night proceeded like that, with that obviously setting the tone. Um, and then came, you know, the whole time we're like, I wonder when Steve's matching. And then we're talking to people. I think he's after the intermission, but we're not sure how long. And yeah. how, do you know how late it's going to go? I mean, is it going to go? Well, we don't know. And so we're just trying to get a, a feel for 
when yeah. we're going to get to see you. I kept hearing from people that like monitor our Twitch feed, which has, like, if you want to w- go back and watch all of Battle Mania, just go to twitch.tv slash 321battle. All the past shows, future shows will be on there when we do them live on Twitch, when we perform, like, you know, every other week, every other Friday at Evolve Fitness. But I guess, like, one of my buddies was, like, monitoring, and he says, Everyone's just like, when's Migs wrestling? Yeah. When's Migs wrestling? He's like, we have a lot of new people watching on Twitch. That's what it was like in the crowd, bro. And, yeah. The, the, the energy of the crowd felt the same way. Like, they were definitely enjoying the show because it, it went up 500 notches. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, oh, dude, all right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure, because everyone was, you know, that whole solid steel thing. Every time someone, the whole crowd, solid steel. Yeah. Everyone gets you a know? call and response. Yeah. 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 And so the crowd was definitely engaged. And I think, but a, a lot, I wonder how many people there were new. People. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I, yeah, I know Tony and I were. Yeah. You I, know what I mean? And, like, we were just like, well, this is going to be fun. So, yeah, when uh, I remembered, what was the name of the team that you faced off against? The Hellfire Club. I remembered you showing me the battle card, the ticket, yeah. the card for that. And so when they said Hellfire Club, I turned to Tony, I was like, this is Steve's match. I recognize the name of Hellfire Club. Yeah. I think he showed me, like, a playbill yes. for the match. And then sure enough, all the, those guys all came out. One dude was rocking the No Migs t-shirt with yep. your face and a big, the big <laughs> nose symbol, yep. which was great. Yep. The other you guy know? had um, on his wrist tape, one word on one side said F, the F word, and the other one said Migs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like obviously at that point, we're like, oh, this is it. But then you were the first one they introduced from yep. Team Migs, and the room just went, God, completely dude. insane. It was nuts to yeah, feel Yeah, like. man. When we were talking the next day, you're like, oh, I didn't even think about how I was going to come out. And I'm like, dude, how you came out was Great. Yeah. The room went berserk, and you walked out, hopped in the ring, started pointing at the crowd, and you know, antagonizing the the guys from Hellfire yeah. Club. And dude, it was it was really cool. That it moment to give a, a cool behind moment. the scenes thing. It was like so we were prep, you know, obviously wrestling. It's what is fake. Uh, we were prepping and planning the whole day. Everyone's like, "Are you nervous?" I'm like, "I'm freaking beyond nervous." I mean, anytime we started talking about the match and coming up with what we were going to do, sweat. My feet were sweating. Like, oh, that's how dude. much I was But then once everything, and everyone told me this, there's like, the minute you walk out that curtain, those nerves will leave you. Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't know. They're like, and I've experienced that with stage announcements. I've experienced that playing music. But I was like, you're adding physicality to this. You're adding, putting someone else's health and well-being in your hands. Yeah, you could mess up and break someone's wrist right. or someone's neck. And my buddy know? Benny, yeah. uh, B-Boy, who's one of the guys that flew in for this, he's a, you know, he travels around the world. He's a great wrestler. He's known, you know, he's been on TV. He's, he's an incredible guy. And he was even like, I want to make a point. He made it a point to talk to all the new people and just say, hey, I know you're nervous. But figure out a way to keep that in check because when you're nervous, you could hurt someone. Yeah. So when he's telling me this, I'm like, great, thanks, Benny. Now I'm even more <laughs> nervous. So all these people though keep telling me you're gonna be fine the minute you walk out the curtain. So I'm waiting to go out the curtain, and then it hits me. I never put any thought in how I'm gonna walk out. Because typically a lot of people practice how they're gonna do it. They have a very well choreographed entrance. Like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna spin around here. And I was so caught up in learning my moves and yeah. doing what I was doing yeah. that I never even thought about that part. And it's a big part. A wrestler's entrance <laughs> sets the tone. And I'm the first guy coming out. I didn't even know I was going to be the first to come out. We all thought I was coming out last. And then all of a sudden they say my name and I'm like, oh, I guess I got to go, which was probably a good thing. So I didn't overthink anything. And I come out and sure as that, everyone, what they said, the minute I felt that crowd. Dude. Yeah. And looked out and saw everybody. You appeared at the end of that runway and that room exploded. Yeah. And you just walked out like, you're goddamn right. And I was like, I it got this. It was happening, man. Oh, the nerves went away. No, but dude, what you projected, though, literally mm-hmm. what you projected was, you're goddamn right. And I'm here. 
Um, we are going to destroy these guys. This is what's up. Yep. This is yeah, dude. You it was really cool. And then the match it was happens. really cool, man. And I thought the match was like I went back and watched. It's funny when it was going on. It felt like an eternity. Like certain moments where I'm doing this and I'm supposed to get this happens, and like you're basing everything on spots and certain moments. Like okay, when this happens, I know to do this. And at one point, I'm like, when is this going to happen? It's supposed to happen already. It's, this is like at least five minutes. I go back and watch it. It was like 15 seconds. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. so weird how well, everything I, slows down. I mean, down. with the tag team, the way it was done, um, man, I think you were only in the ring for a total of a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, it probably felt like an eternity. More than that, because I, mean, I, I have a video of it, so I, I timed okay, it. But, 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 but each it's a, wrestler yeah. individually only had a couple minutes couple in the ring. Yeah, absolutely right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it may have been more than a couple, like two minutes, but, but it you're, was you're close to it. Just yeah. a few minutes, because each yeah. guy gets in and does a thing, and then sometimes yeah. there's two cats on the one dude, and you guys are out of the ring, in the yeah. ring, and you know it was one of those things too, where it was uh, having now seen all these various skill sets. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I wonder what my friend's skill set is like. Yeah, what's Steve going to be able to do? What's he not going to be able to do? Because uh, the Birdman. Oh, the good bird. God! That, that guy's like an acrobat. He's incredible. Whipping around people's heads and uh, yeah. flying through the air, and I mean. So you got Birdman on your team. Yep. So then I'm like, okay, what's Steve's skill set going to be like compared to Birdman? Right. I got three high flyers on my team. Guys that do crazy stuff from yeah. the top of the turnbuckle. Yeah. And then there's me. Well, no, no. But it was it was cool in that when you got in there, there were just a, a couple quick holds. Yep. Couple hits, yep. You know, and then pretty quickly it evolved into some flips, some tumbles, some clotheslines, like, chaos. And like the more it was just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. You know, as, as, it, as it as it escalated and you did more and more, and then I, of course I got to see the crazy move where they the two dudes pick you up at the same time and uh, slam double choke slam, yeah, on your neck, yeah. Uh, you know, like, because uh, I turned to Tony, I was like, that was the, the move that Steve's dad saw on video and went, what the F are you thinking? <laughs> Dude, when we were planning out the match, they're like, well, what do you want to do you know, in that like, moment? That was the move, you know? Yeah, no, they're like, what do you want to do in this situation? I'm like, can we do that move again? They're like, yeah. I was like, great, that's for my father. <laughs> like, I did that specifically so that when my dad sees it, he'll be like, what are you, nuts again? Yeah, well, you're still crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It turned out great. Everything was like, but dude, there was like, there was one moment which was fun. Um, during, if you watch the video, and it's up on my blog, uh, just go to KISW.com and check out Steve's blog. There's a whole piece about it, including a video montage of my moments in the ring. So you can just see the parts that I'm in the ring. It's about like 10 minutes or so because like there's parts where I'm in the ring not doing anything. But I wanted to share those moments because there's some cool stuff going on around me. Yeah. And one of the best moments was the Hellfire Clubs are all, the, the guys are all on the ground. Oh, yeah. I know Matt the moment Cross, you're talking about. Matt Cross comes in. Guy, I mean, he's on Lucha Underground. He's everywhere. Quick fun story about him. Before everything started, we go through the whole match, and he looks at uh, one of the guys on the other team and goes, hey, man, you guys are really asking a lot for a new guy to remember. That's a lot of stuff. And they're just like, well, it's too late now. But yeah, This is going down. And then afterwards, he's just like, he looked at the same guy and goes, he crushed it, man. Nice. Like he, which I thought was really cool. So he goes, flies out of the ring with a suicide dive. Then, then uh, Cole Crazy comes, jumps on the turnbuckle, does a backflip moonsault kind of a thing, lands on everyone. Yep. Then everyone's chanting for the bird. The bird comes out, top turnbuckle, somersaults into everybody or whatever it was, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone starts chanting me. And it's like, I thought at that moment, I was going to have to go out into the ring and get people to start believing that I'm now going to do something crazy. That was the whole idea. So people already were on it. Like, that's how hot this crowd was. Yeah. It was like, Oh man! So then I'm like hamming it up. Like, should I jump? Should I jump? I'm gonna jump. I'm thinking we do it. The rest like don't jump. I'm like, screw you and screw them. I'm jumping. Hit the ropes. Come running back. Sage on the other team kicks me right in the chest. Yeah. Uncle Muscle slaps me in the chest, and then the double choke slam. 
my wife, I didn't tell her if we were going to win. I didn't tell her what was going to happen. All I told her before was, based on the planning of this match, I'm going to be doing more than I thought. And that's all I told her. Well, I know I thought you were diving out through the ropes. Everybody Because that there was a whole pile up. And again, yep. from where Tony and I were, it was great because we could see the ring, clearly see the ring. It was yeah. rad. But once the guys were out of the ring and fighting between this steel barricade, solid steel, solid steel barricade, and the ring, we couldn't see any of that. Yeah. So we knew that all the wrestlers were down there in a pile and God knows what was going on. And that's when you were hyping the crowd. And yeah, everybody like, Steve started running for those ropes, and I'm like, Jesus, man, he's going to dive out through those ropes. I can't believe he's going to do that. I can't believe it. And that's so yeah. you're saying Sid probably felt the same way because Tony and I were like, he's going to die. That that gap between that damn steel barricade and the side of the ring wasn't that wide. It's about four or five feet. And I'm like, dude, yeah. if he slides out there too fast, he's going to smash his face right. open. Like I was watching you run towards it, literally thinking. I can't believe he's going to do this. And you're like, he's got to play a show tomorrow. Yeah, and like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that, show or no show. I'm like, my buddy is about to split his goddamn head open. Yeah. And at the last second, that dude went in, uh, came in under the ropes yep. and got your feet out from under you. Oh, dude, yeah, he kicked me right in the and, chest. Yeah. And I kind of did the, oh, okay, they planned that. That yep. was a good plan. <laughs> it was great. It got the crowd so hyped. Because I thought you were going to do it. And honest to God, man, no. I was like, dude, Steve is going to bust his head open. My He's wife. He's going to get hurt. She said she legit started panicking. Oh, God, Steve. And I, Adrian! Yeah, so she's like, she's freaking out. My mother-in-law's freaking out. My cousin is. I think my father-in-law's filming it because he thinks this is just awesome. Like, he's never been to a We're wrestling We're seeing him in the hospital tomorrow. Yeah! He, same <laughs> like you, never been to one. Probably thought wrestling was hokey. That opening match hooked him in. Dude! Like, he's yeah, filming the whole those thing. Those guys were mind-blowing. He pulled the yeah. weekend warrior, the bigger guy that flipped out. He pulled him aside to talk to him. Yeah. But so... They're all freaking out. So when that happened, my, my wife said, I was so relieved when he kicked you in the chest. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny part was we were talking afterwards about that moment because we were all geeking out about like how that worked better than we even anticipated. We yeah. thought we were going to have to really create this um, um, illusion that I was going to truly jump out. Dude, the crowd, the crowd bought it hook, they, line, and sink. Well, they wanted it before I could even sell it. Yeah. So it was just about me being believable you enough. Get them. Right. Yeah, dude. So- so, oh, it was believable because I was standing there going, I can't oh, believe this idiot's going to do so that. Happy. He's going to tell him to the hook and he's going to stand up with blood running out of his yeah, skull. And my yeah. wife's going to say, Is that fake? And I'm going to say, No. Nope. <laughs> That's his real blood. Yeah. That's a real gas. I thought in you his were head. doing it, man. I thought you were doing it, Steve. And then we were joking, and, and Sage was like, Well, what if I didn't make it back in the ring in time? And man. I was like, Honestly, I would have done it. Would have been out through the I would have had no choice, but like the adrenaline was there. In my head, I was truly going to do it. And that was the weirdest thing. I had a conversation with Mr. Fitness, who was part of one of the tag teams. He had the fake mullet. Yep, they got ripped off. That guy, I love that guy. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in town. Like He's so good at the character and who he is, and he's just a great dude. I meet up with him after the show's over. We went to the place next door called The Pub or The Bar or something. I think it's Whiskey Bar. Okay. I think. So we popped in there cause, yeah. and he was in there. And I'm just talking to him. And I'm just – and he's like – he just looks at me. And he's he's a super – like just – there's an aura of just like – I don't I can't even explain it. Like super knowledgeable and intensity about wrestling when you talk to him. Like he just knows it and he – lives and breathes it. And then, so he looks at me and just kind of like puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, did you feel like you were in a real fight tonight? And I looked at him and I said, yes, I a hundred percent felt like I was in a real fight. He's like, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like that That's what happens when we're in the ring. 
Like you forget that this is a performance. If you if you're prepared well enough and you know what you're doing and you get lost in the moment, you truly do feel like you guys are fighting. And yeah. it's like you're hundred percent right. Like, yes, of course, we're not truly trying to hurt each other, but we're also hitting each other hard enough to make it believable oh, yeah, to the fans. So like when I gave that guy those forearms and I was legit laying into his neck. I know his neck is a safe spot, but I'm hitting him as hard as I can. And when I gave him those chops, they were full power. Like, I want people to hear it. And, like, we. Yeah, you can hear the slap. Right. All the way in the back of the room, dude. When when you hit me, hit me. I'm like, I will. And he's like, don't even worry about me getting mad. Just don't, like, actually hit my nose, hit my face. But, and then even with Greg, when he kicked me in the chest, he's a kickboxer, like, by trade. Like, he knows how to hit. And he said, I'm going to hit you. And I said, I would expect nothing less. Yeah. And he's like, but just don't fall down. I was like, well, then don't hit me so hard. He's like, but I'm going to. I'm like, okay, this is going to be weird. <laughs> but like that's, yeah. that's what I mean when it's going on and you forget about the performance. Like you are in that moment. So you're becoming this, you are in this fight. And it's, he was so right. Like when, when, when everything was firing all cylinders, I truly felt like I was at war with these guys. They weren't my friends anymore. They weren't my, com- you, know, uh, you know, just cohorts and, and, and buddies and guys that I have many nights training with. They were my enemies, and I hated them. When I flipped him off, I meant it. When I told him to go F off, I yeah. meant it. And when they were doing it to me, they meant it. It's something really kind of weird and cool about that. When the guy blew the snot rocket in your face, was there any real snot involved? I don't know if there was or wasn't. <laughs> I just I only said that as a joke because of yeah. everything you were just saying. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. No, but, it, but that uh, was a moment in the fight. I went, dude, I wonder if any just got on him. Like I watched that. Have. Is yeah, he, he straight snot rocketed yeah, you, and yeah. you were just like, "Oh, on what?" Like, yeah, you know. And then one of the highlights was after everything was all said and done. Um, I, I go into the back, and I'm talking with Matt Cross, the guy that travels, and he's been on like all these great shows. And he, I was like, "So, what do you think, man?" What? And he's like, "Dude, that was an incredible first match." He's like, "You hit everything you were supposed to hit. You 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 handled everyone with with care." Everything looked believable. He's like, and the way you sold every move, because he and I talked about this at lunch one day earlier last week. We went and got lunch because he stood in town for a whole week because he was at Defy as well. And he's like, man, moves are good. Don't get me wrong. And that guy could do moves. I mean, you saw he was flying everywhere. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, like an aerialist, man. But that's not what makes people remember you. It's your emotions. It's like the moves are secondary to the emotion that you're giving people. So make a connection with the audience. And I thought about that the whole time. So when I'm getting hit, I'm looking at the crowd, like, help me. Or, you know what I mean? So it's, and, and even when I'm on the apron, I'm looking at the crowd, like, let's go. Come on. Let's oh, get, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, dude, you watching you out of the ring was as entertaining as watching yeah. you in the ring. And that it was, was. Like, I oh, mentioned that the other night. Yeah. All so important to the show. It's like, you want, if we're supposed to make people suspend reality and enjoy wrestling, it's, we're not doing them a service if we're not also suspending reality and yeah. legit being a part yeah. of it. So, and he just said, Hey man, I honestly, he's like, dude, there are people I wrestle with on a high level at like Lucha Underground and across this country with high indie, big name indie stars that I wish could sell as well as you did. Oh, uh, that's gotta make you feel great, man. That, between yeah. that, my wife telling me how proud she was of me and my trainer who I'll leave out just for kayfabe reasons, just cause I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> to keep the magic alive, even though obviously we let you in. Uh, people know the world of wrestling. I'm not going to like blow anyone's minds by the fact that things are planned out. Right. But out of, out of respect to him and all that, uh, the fact that he pulled me aside and told me how proud he was of me, that was... That's great. That's got to mean the world to you. meant everything. Yeah, dude. Like, I honestly did like start tearing up when him and like, after the match was over, I go into the back and every single wrestler is waiting to hug me. And it was just like, it was that moment where I was like, this is something... It's so 
cool to be in a world with people. And 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 three two one's a special breed because they are it's it's more of a family than just a bunch of wrestlers that there's egos. I mean, there's egos and everything, but everyone's ego gets checked at some point. Like everyone's really care cares about the locker room um, vibe in, in three two one battle. And to know that every single wrestler had uh, believed in me that I could do this before, and then when it happened and I finished, they were all like, "We told you." Nice. We knew you had this. Yeah, I can't put that into words. I try, but I can't. Like it's to, to know that a group of people that you respect and 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 admire and consider friends that just straight up say we believe in you. Yeah, they respect you as well. We trust yeah. you. Yeah, to put you in a position where you're on a main part of this show, and not only just not just having you sit on the apron and come in for a couple clotheslines and a pin, but actually have you have put you in this position to do spots and. Be a part of the the story and 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 trust that you won't f it up. Yeah, is is it was cool, man. It, it it definitely it brought me to tears. It was like one of those moments at the end when I felt all that love from everybody, and then I checked my phone and all the texts from you, oh, and dude, Ted, yeah. and my wife, and my mom in law, and everyone else that has my cell phone number. It was just. It was well, next level, you know, bro. Man, like it was I, next level. I shot that video, and it doesn't capture it. But when the match ended, because I could not bring myself to video your match, because I wanted to watch it. Dude, a lot of people commented like yeah. on the video. They're like, nobody has a phone out. No, which was cool. I was just wanted. I was like, dude, I, I, I videoed you coming out, and then I was like, that's it. I'm putting this damn thing in my pocket. I don't yeah. want to miss anything. Right. Um, but I did pull it back out at the end when you were basically hopping up on all the different corners of the ring and and acknowledging the audience. The audience was going. Wild for you, dude. Just wild for what had just went down. Like it had to have been amazing, and, th- and that's why you know we got down the car and I sent you the text I sent you, and I, I, you know I was like, oh, I meant everything to read no, that. Sounds weird, bro. I didn't know how else to put it. it. Was like I am so effing proud of you. I oh. didn't know how else to put it, bro, because it was a hell of a thing to witness. It was really something amazing, man. Well, you so you've cool. kind of been a part of the. I mean, most Tuesdays I'm here hurting, yeah, tired, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe even like. <laughs> oh, I think I've given you more than a few yeah. uh, ribbings over oh, yeah. you know, your your lackluster forward rolls and yeah, everything, <laughs> dude. And it's funny, like a lot of the people who I train with, they were like, we're watching and te- like they were like blown away, and they're like, where was like not that I'm bad in training, I'm just. You were yeah. next level in the ring. Right. Like it's yeah. like band practice. Yeah, you upped it. Dude. You don't go next level in band practice. You just make sure you got the mechanics down. Yeah. It's no different than wrestling. I just want to make sure I knew how to do everything. But then when it came time for showtime, then all of a sudden the selling and the character and the everything, everything that I learned from my trainer, even him and I were talking about it last night, he's like he's like, I could just see how you everything I've told you you were doing wrong was corrected before that match. Yeah. And he's like, That's such a cool thing to see that you actually listen. And one of the guys even on the other team was just like, you're a sponge, man. Like, whenever any of us told you to do something, you did it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just, I, I don't want to make anyone look bad. Yeah. And you, you know? also want to excel. Look yeah, yeah. I want to look good. You, like, you want to excel, man. Like, part of me knows this video is going to be somewhere. And it, and I, I'd like to give the least amount of ammunition to trolls <laughs> that I can. <laughs> so I want to make sure I nail it. And I'm not saying it's, I, I could watch it. And there's a couple of things I wish I could have done a little bit better. And, but it's so minor. That I don't, I'm not going to beat myself no, up over dude, it. Well, it's like missing a note on a song. I don't know any better, but everything I saw, and even, honestly, it's funny, the video footage you showed me at the show, some of the stuff comes off 
better because of the camera angles yes. than it did in the moment. Yes. So, because I was watching, I was like, man, I remember that, but I don't remember that like that. Yeah. Dude. Like, yeah. yeah. So, honestly, the video that all the footage I got to see, I thought was just killer. Steve. Yeah, I thought it was super. It, really it, cool. It, 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 ca- it captured me in a good light. I yeah, can't, not I, that any of it looked bad live, sure. but some of it looked even cooler. Absolutely. Because there was a camera angle involved. Mm-hmm. Like, they had you from a good spot, and it was like, oh, oh dude, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. awesome. Totally, man. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. And then uh, one of the most surreal moments happened on Saturday. So that all happens. I wake up. I, I mean, I, honestly, by the time we the show's over, we have to tear it all down. Here's a funny thing, too. Showbox staff, props to them. They were enamored with us, which I thought oh, was cool. Because great. Like, Jonna, you know Jonna from that. Of course I, mean, I do. Yeah. Sweetheart. I love that woman. I haven't seen her in years. She's I was so awesome. happy to see her. Yeah. And she was just like, can you guys come and do this more often? I was like, you had a good time. I'm sure it was a nice change for them. She said, A, it was fun to watch you guys. And it was a blast seeing you, my friend, up there. Like I was when I found out you were wrestling, she's like, I made it a point to work that night. I was yeah. like, thank you. And she's like, but B, it just breaks up the monotony of live shows. Yep. It's something different. Yeah. And then C, I, we didn't realize this because you know, when we do it at the gym, as soon as the show's over, it's teardown time. We all because it's a gym. Yeah. So we have to clean up, pick up everyone's cans. Throw everything away. Anyone who came that left a mess, we we as a, a team, the wrestlers Go and pick the staff, it all up. Yeah. we as soon as we're done, we're cleaning up. We did no different in the dressing room. As soon as we were done, we cleaned up. And as we left, they're like, um, "What are you guys doing?" We're like, "What do you we're mean cleaning up? We're cleaning up." They're like, "Nobody ever cleans up in the <laughs> dressing rooms. The bands never clean up." We're like, "Well, that's just what we do. We we don't leave a place worse than it was, and we we show yeah. up." And they really appreciated that. So I think I think the partnership. From I'm went sure really it'll well. grow. I yeah. was so excited um because we had talked about that on previous casts. I mean, running out and putting a show on at Showbox Market mm-hmm. financially is a big undertaking. I'm not sure what kind of insurance policies they had to purchase. Whether they yeah. did it, they could have done it independently, which then you need a city settled business license, or maybe they did it all through AEG corporate. I don't know how they did yeah. it, but I know what it's like to do business with that venue. And so the day before, when I saw the text string when they were like sold out, I was like. Yes. Yep. As all I thought was, you know, the whole three, two, one battle guys. This is already a victory. It's already a success. They probably not only are they just they didn't just break even. They're not losing money. Yep. They probably Probably made money. This is sold out. It's going to be a tremendous event. And then, uh, as I understand it, the Showbox reassessed because they were like, yep. it was such a unique thing for them. They remeasured the. They the, reassessed the, and they were like, let's reopen the doors. And it sold out again. In like uh, an hour yeah. or two hours. Yeah. Like we were able to add another 50 or 60 more tickets. And then they were gone. And they were gone as soon as we announced that they were there. They were cats scalping when Tawny and that I got was there. Nuts. Showed up because like, tickets. I got tickets. And then Tawny and I were like, thank God we got tickets to this. Yeah, dude, it was so yeah. funny. We were all in the locker room and somebody came in and goes, you won't believe this. Somebody's scalping outside. And we're yeah. all, we all started celebrating. There were a couple, bro. And there then were we were a couple people scalping. My man. buddies Cooper and Cole, you might have seen them. They kept making reoccurring appearances. They were the two cops right. throughout the night. Uh, they're just wrestlers, obviously, dressed as cops. That's their, that's their gimmick. And I was like, if it wasn't illegal, you should go out there and confiscate those tickets. Because <laughs> how funny would that be if two wrestler cops? Hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> can't, awesome. be, can't be scalping here. Dude runs up around the corner. <laughs> so then um, Saturday, so as you know, like I, I went to WrestleMania. I had some wrestlers cut like promos. and I talked to wrestlers about how I was having my first match. And some seemed legitimately interested. Guys like Johnny Gargano, uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, a couple of guys in the world of, uh, uh, of Ring of Honor, like Shane Taylor and Jay Lethal. And and one of the guys I was the most interested in was like asking me a lot about it. Uh, also, Gallows and Anderson was uh, Baron Corbin, big dude in the WWE. 
and he's been on our show a few times. So we've kind of become like Twitter buddies, you know, and anytime he sees me in the the crowd, he's the one I remember I told you he was like a real bad guy. And then as he walked by, he shook my hands like, good to see you. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. So when I see him at WrestleMania for Radio Row and I interview him, I told him about it. I showed him the video of me taking that bump. He's like, that's awesome. Nice. He's asked me how long I've been training. How's it going? So anyways, I have him cut a little promo saying, Hellfire Club, you don't know what you're getting into with this guy. Oh, I got love that. Yeah, yeah it was dude. awesome. Saturday morning, I wake up. I see I have a direct message on my Twitter, and it's from him. And it just says, how was it, man? And I'm like, you? Oh, he's, he remembered to check in about your match, dude. The next day, I was just like, holy crap. That's cool. That yeah. means you were on his mind. He right. woke up and was like, man, I wonder how Migs did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I write him back. I'm like, hey, man, it went incredible. Sold out. Did really well for my first time. Lots of compliments. It was great. Thank you again for taking time to talk to me about it. If you want, I'll send you a link once I get a link to the video. And I was like, I might not respond, but I just figured I'd throw that out there. He writes back, F yeah, I would love to see it. So I just sent them it to, to him yesterday. But I was just like, that's cool, man. The fact that... That's kind of amazing, yeah. It just, it just solidifies how cool some of these wrestlers are, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Like, I mean, here's a guy who doesn't need to. And in fact, he's a guy that's considered to be like, a big jerk in the stories, and then some people don't like him because they just assume he doesn't. I don't know. They, I think people believe his character too much because uh, his happens. character comes off as being I don't care about wrestling, I don't care about indie wrestlers, I don't care about anyone. I'm I'm so good that you know blah blah blah. Uh, so some people I think really do they believe just take that it seriously. But he's like a legit guy that loves wrestling. He wouldn't be doing this if he didn't love wrestling. And yeah. the fact that he cared enough just to check up on some guy that he barely knows, but talked about wrestling with. The next oh, dude, day. That's like I'm saying. That's proof. You were on his mind. He, that's so he, you cool. Know, he was like, man, I wonder how Miggs' match yeah. went last night. I mean, that's got to make you feel great. Oh, yeah, dude, dude. I was like, that was like the, the, the cherry on top. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Watch. He watches. He goes, dude, that was embarrassing. You could have replied like, dude, still in the hospital. Things went terribly wrong. <laughs> I tried to do your finishing move and I broke my neck. Yeah, dude. Learned it by yeah. watching you. I dove through the ropes and hit the barricade face first. 37 stitches. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I did. I saw Ziggy. Uh, I remember I got I to introduce him to my wife. Yeah. It was cool to be able to introduce my wife to a lot of the wrestler guys because yeah. she hears about all these guys but never met them. So it was fun for her to be able to finally put some faces with names. I'm like, that's that guy that I do this with, and that's this guy, and that's the guy I'm wrestling. And at one point, one of them, as I'm walking, one of my opponents is walking, and we walk by, and he just gives me a look like he gives me like that. F you look, and I give him an F you look, and my wife's like, "What's what was that about?" I'm like, "Oh no, he's it's my that's that's cool. my that's my friend. I'm wrestling him tonight." And she's like, "Oh, okay, it's cool, it's fine." Honey. I'm, I'm like, "You're lucky you didn't see me walk by Sarian. Every time I walk by him before anything at three, two, one, it evolved. He always flips me off. I'm sure my wife would be like, "Why did he flip you off? Get him, honey." No, no, we're friends. It's cool. Yeah, it's all fine. So, um, the, the Bruiser Brody wheels are are continuing to spin because we have a big show. Big show on May 6th. Is that Oh, so it is May 6th? Oh, right. that's... You're right. That's May right. 6th. Sa- save the 7th. That's Save the 7th, Studio 7 Benefit um, with... As he Gosh. Goes, oh, goes we got so time. many bands. I know. Uh, Wide Only and the Wreckage are going to be a part of it. Window Pain, of course. Almost Human. Uh, thou Shalt Wilt. A really uh, cool well, yeah, band. What Thou Wilt. Oh, Casualty of God. I'm like, really cool band. That I just thou screwed up the name. I'm so sorry. What Thou Wilt. <laughs> thou I Shalt Wilt is like the hatred of flowers, man. I don't know <laughs> why. Thou Shalt Wilt. It's just, it's the Christian side of me. Uh, yeah, that's right. Thou shalt thou wilt. Shall wilt. <laughs> wilt thou shall. Wilt thou so shall. So yeah, almost wilt. human is the kiss tribute. 
Um, the Aussie tribute, um, which is going to be killer. I'm sitting in with him. Tony's sitting in with him. Travis is sitting in with him. Damn. Um, yeah, just going to be doing a bunch of cool Aussie stuff. Uh, Bruiser Brody, Superfecto, What Thou Wilt, Casualty of God, Phil Kennedy and Ben Axman. Um, yeah, and then of course the Levi Lion Party Bus is going to be there, yes. sh- shuttling people Lion up and down. Pride, baby, dude, L- Levi Lion Pride. Thanks so much. That's one of the cooler things that's going on that day. And that's L Y O N. That's right. That's yeah. right. Just want to make sure people. But know the, that. the party bus is literally the party bus because there's still no alcohol at seven, which is part of why we're trying to raise money for them. Yep. Um, they're going to be shuttling people up and down Horton, the alley, uh, to the siren. Uh, so you can drink like a fish and then just hop back on the bus and get right back over to the venue. And what a fun way to do it. Dude, you know, right? You drink, jump on the bus, do whatever you want on the bus. Yep. Get off the bus, get back in the club, and then do it again during a... Pretty, you know, yeah. pretty epic. Pretty Either epic. during a set change or during a band that maybe, like, oh, I've seen these guys enough. I could go get a drink right now. Well, and all the bands are doing half-hour sets, so that's why I figured I'd make the bus run every 20 minutes. Perfect. So there'll be an overlap. Yep. So even if you leave halfway through one band's performance, you'll get back halfway through the next. And if the weather keeps being the way that the weather's being, I mean, you won't even need the bus. You yeah. can just walk it. Yeah, it's, it's only a couple hundred yards. And yeah. uh, they do have an outdoor patio there, which is part of the reason I wanted to do it there as well. They have a huge outdoor patio. Are they prepared tables. for us? Um, I've let them know that they need to have some extra staff on. Just in case. Yeah, I'm, I've told them, like, look, we're going to be- Sundays, sh- you know. We're making you money. We're going to be shuttling people to you. To you. Yeah. We're going to be shuttling people here to drink. Yep. Um, so definitely have some extra staff on. They were like, okay, thanks for the heads up. I'm like, this is not a joke. This is happening. I know. We've done that before yeah. like with, head ba- with uh, holiday hangover balls and other things with KSW. I remember one time, like one club, and we're just like, hey, just to let you know, our audience, it's going to be a sold out show and they like to drink. Oh, yeah, we're prepared. Midway through the show, we're at a Jägermeister. Uh, you we're out of this. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, told I mean, you. I don't know if they'll bring in additional booze. I just want to make sure they had additional staff. Yeah, yeah. So that people weren't like, yeah, man, I was an hour and a half at the siren to get a Coors Light. <laughs> you know? Right. So I'm going to tell them, like, staff up, because yep. we're going to be running a shuttle bus over here. We're coming for like, your alcohol. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be busy. So, yeah, uh, American Music is supplying the back line for the whole That's thing. Awesome. So the drums, the amps, everything's coming from American Music. Um yeah, man. Actually, I need to dig into, uh, now that this most recent Brody show is behind us, I need to dig into getting the promotional full scream ahead on yeah. Save the Seven. But I think the event's already doing well. I know a lot of the artists involved have been sharing the poster image. Very cool. Pushing the event page. So Yeah, now that our show, our last show's over, we can all focus on that as well, which yep. is good. Um, I would imagine we'll be more sober than the last show. It will be. Yeah. It will be. I, 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 I was telling Steve like, this like, morning, everyone, I'm, I'm on the wagon, I think, for yeah. a little while. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know for how long. I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again or anything like that. I just, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you hit a wall and then you hit a wall and go, man. I, I need a break. Well, I need a lot of, I got some stuff I need to work out, apparently. Because <laughs> if, if, the, if the booze unleashed the cracking on that degree, it's yeah. like, oh, I got some goblins in there. I need to sort out and make sure I'm good before I pour my skull all full of booze and that's a good point. So yeah, I'm going to work on me if that makes sense. But I'm doing fine. I'm in a great mood. You look great. I just I I need to work on me a little bit. Uh, there's some stuff I need to sort out, and deal with, and make sure I'm at peace with. And once I've done that, maybe I'll uh, have a nice Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yes. <laughs> we'll drink to that. Yeah, it was funny. Like at the showbox, obviously, you know, when we do our shows at uh, Three Two One Battle at of All Fitness, the drinks are a lot cheaper. You get like a can of Rainier for like three bucks. Right. You know what I mean? So like. 
It's funny talking to some like hardcore three two one fans that that's that's their social thing. That's when they go out and that's when they go out drinking. They're like, I spent ninety bucks at the bar. I just spent twenty five bucks for this one drink. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? It's like it's a double. I'm like, wow. Yeah, but that's just how it is. When uh, when the show boxes were bought out by AEG, um, the food and beverage was bought out by Wolfgang Puck. Oh, so yeah, I know this because. I'm like that dude from The Matrix. I know because it's my job to know. <laughs> Ergo, the drinks are very expensive. No wonder why the food smells Facil- so good, Facilitating though. the need of the one. The food always smells good there. Yeah. Uh, Wolfgang Puck runs I didn't know food, that. Yeah, food and beverage. Uh, Jeez, I need to start getting food there. Yeah, it used to be Showbox. Like, everything you did was through the Showbox. Yeah. yeah. A Showbox market, and then they bought out uh, what was the Premier Club, yep. and then Phoenix 3, and that became Showbox Soto. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, then within a year or so, they cut that deal. AEG is a big corporation down in California. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times I'll get contracts and stuff and fire safety stuff. I have to get a look over and sign from an office down in LA. Um, but yeah, Wolfgang Puck's Food and Beverage, and that is why your can of icy cold Ranier is probably like seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah dude. Straight you greedy up. Greedy son of a bitch. Yeah, that's the deal, man. But that, hey, thanks for everyone who came out to Everett for a Bruce yeah. and Bernie show. That was a blast. Um, sorry if I walked away from you. You just made things weird. Sorry if uh, I almost fell off the stage kidding. at you. Uh, I was trying to make things weird. <laughs> it was a weird night, but we had a blast. It was yeah. a really good time. We, and were, it was, we were all imploding slash exploding, and you got to watch it. And I feel like people were doing that with us. Yeah. But this is a good thing. Well, if it, you know, if you wanted to see a genuine rock and roll show um, by mm-hmm. people that are losing their minds and really, you know, really mean it, yeah, like wow, that band really meant it. These yep. guys, we couldn't have meant it more. We were Dude. all losing our minds, dealing with our stress, our pain, our anger, our everything. sense of humor. Yep, everything came out right there, unfiltered, and I'm. I hope, I'm sure as Steve hopes, I'm sure as Travis, Jeff, and JT hope that you guys enjoyed it. I feel, I feel like they did. I mean, we are the world's most dangerous band now that Paul Schaefer's done. <laughs> That's right. That's when you start taking that. I love that. Jim's review is the best. I've oh. never felt more in danger from a band on stage. Like, oh, dude. <laughs> we don't want to hurt you. We just want to entertain the hell out of you. Yeah. Maybe hurt ourselves a little bit. I did step on Travis's head. <laughs> Anything else going on in the world of Glenn? No, nah, man, uh, right. not much. Um, looking forward to uh, some cool things going on with Windowpane. A lot to talk about there. But uh, for now, um, you can catch Windowpane alongside so many other great bands at Studio 7 on, on the 6th, and then more news to follow. Awesome. That's what's up, brother. Also, uh, I got to remember, I'll uh, throw it out there, our, our friend Red, Red the Stripper, reached out to me, wants to come back and say hi. And I'd like to see her. Yeah, so uh, she's going to be coming, I don't know if it's next week or the week after, she says she has a, one of her uh, stripper friends that also wants to come hang out. So, I sounds Red, terrible. I was like, I don't know. I mean, real, oh, right, fine. So that will happen sometime in the near future. We'll have the return of Red. I don't know if it's next week or the week after or the week after that, but I'm, trust me. I need a Red hug. Yeah. It's been too long. I agree. She's a good person. Yeah. be nice to have her back in these studios. So that will happen sometime in the near future. Rev hopefully is having a great time <laughs> at the Avengers movie. Oh, and if you left a voicemail, a phone call, or text message... Um, we failed you. Please continue to do so. We, yes. we just got wrapped up in talking. It was like Steve and I hanging out chatting. This is basically what Glenn and I do when we're just hanging out together. Right. I hope, we hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I hope so, too. Yeah, you can email us at uh, themixcast at gmail.com, 253-271-4787. That's our voicemail or text message line. Or follow us on Twitter at themixcast. And we'll be back next Tuesday. 
Det er positive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.